Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsm radio.org now here's our show today there are many sober warnings in the bible most people associate these warnings with the peril of facing eternity without christ that is to be unsaved well this certainly is the focus of many of these warnings but we must be aware that several of the most serious warnings in the bible are spoken to believers those who are already saved such a warning is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. If anyone destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, and such are you. But what is it to destroy the temple? How could an unbeliever really damage God's eternal building? No, it is the believers that are engaged every day of their Christian life in building and building the temple. And it is the believers that have this word to sow into their heart. We will look today what it is to damage, to corrupt, even to ruin God's building on earth. Francis Ballas, join us. Francis, welcome to the program. This is quite a serious warning we're facing today. Yeah. And it applies to us who are the real believers. You know, as we were uh, considering this a little bit, uh, Francis, the building today is not the building of stone that it was in Jerusalem and back in Solomon or King Herod's time. The building today is an eternal habitation, a spiritual building, according to Peter. And how could an unbeliever have any uh, part in damaging or destroying this building? This warning has to affect us, doesn't it? It's the That's children right. of God. An unbeliever would not have any effect on the building up of the body of Christ. This definitely addresses the believers, we who really are children of God. I think it becomes more clear as you begin to look at more of these verses in the context in chapter 3. Let me add a couple more here to what we just read. But if anyone builds upon the foundation, and we had just seen in the previous verse here, of course, that the foundation that Paul is talking about is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So certainly unbelievers are not building anything on Christ. That That's is right. the... Uh, portion of us, the believers, the children of God. So if any one of us builds upon the foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, grass, stubble. Two categories of materials. We've talked about that before. Let's jump ahead now. Verse 16 says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? And then verse 17, if anyone destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy and such are you. Hmm. 
The context does definitely link the building of the temple and these materials, doesn't it, in verse 12? Every believer, when he becomes a believer, has something to do with the building of God because this is the body of Christ that's being built, the house of God, the church of the living God. So only those who are believers would have any part in this building. So this warning really definitely describes our work. What will it be? Will it be burned or will it be rewarded? Hmm. Well, let's join Witness Lee, and we'll be back in a few minutes to fellowship on what he has to say. As a member of the church, you must participate in the building of the church. So you must take heed not to let three things in. What three things? Your nature, your being, and your doings. These are wood, grass, and stubble. You do not realize that very much of your nature, your being, and your doing have been brought into the church. So much of you have been injected by you into the church life. These things are ugly. These things are condemned. And uh, we all have to realize why 2,000 years have gone. Yet, look at the church. The church has no building at all. Today, on this earth, the Bible is popular. The gospel has been prayed to every corner of the earth. Everywhere are Christians, Christian groves, Christian meetings. But where is the building? This is serious. We don't see this germ. What germs? Germs of your nature. Germs of your being. Germs of your doing. You are nice. You are gentle. People could never hear you criticizing anyone. To you, everything good. Everything fine. Everything okay. You know, such a person is the most natural person. And such a person is the most hard to deal with. This kind of nice persons bring in their nature because their nature is so good. And bring in their being. Their being is so good. Everyone likes their being. And bring in their doing because their nature is good and being is good. So their doings are also good. With them, nothing bad. But all in the natural field all together in natural realm that cannot be any mature for the building of the church Francis I would say in churches throughout the land everyone loves to get this kind of person in the church don't they a nice person a good person a faithful person a person everybody likes you're one of those kinds of persons. <laughs> uh, oh, I remember hearing so many times, will that be good material? Will he be good material for the building of the church? Well, I know that I've suffered under this kind of judgment because it's so clear that when you try to build the church with your natural being, your natural man, your natural doings, 
they can do something, but they will be judged because they are not the building, the real building of the church. It's just something of your natural man. I was exposed by hearing this message that this is my my case. I've been known as a nice guy, yeah. but this niceness does not build up the church. It might build up a friendship, but it does not build up the church and will be destroyed. So you know, it's rather frightening, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And when we read these materials again, uh, of course, gold, silver, and precious stone, we do have to put those in one category. But there's nothing wrong with wood, grass, and stubble. They're not evil. They're not bad things, are they? No, that's the problem. Yeah. They are good and they're attractive, and sometimes they will build up something that is not the church. But our occupation is to build up the church, which is the body of Christ. So we must find the way to do this without being natural or with our natural doings, and certainly not as something lifeless right? like the stubble. Yeah, just to, I think, review a little bit for our listeners, we've seen that wood in the Bible signifies the human nature. That's our nature. Grass is just our being. Humanity is likened to grass in Scripture, and, of course, stubble those are our doing out of our natural nature and our natural being. The works that come out are just the stubble. None of these things, good though they may be, will withstand what is about to come upon the work that will try all the believers. And we'll look at that in the coming section a little bit, but maybe say just a bit about that. Well, this is really something that we all must face as believers, that we are believers to build up the church, build up the body of Christ. And what does not build up the body of Christ is material that is not solid. The material that builds the body is depicted as gold, silver, and precious stones. But what depicts a lot of our work is wood, grass, and stubble. And these things are not bad in themselves, but they are not building material. And they will be judged. Actually, we'll see as we go on that these are the very kinds of things that we build with that will be destroyed. Yeah, and uh, I think we have to all confess, especially as he was speaking this point, you look around, there is so much out there uh, done in the name of Christ. The Bible is popular. The gospel has been preached and is being preached. For that, we praise the Lord. There's many wonderful ministries, all kinds of Christian works and Christian programs. But where is the building, the built-up body of Christ, the built-up house of God? This is far more elusive, isn't it? It is, and it uh, really is something we need to take very seriously because so many people are just under the concept that all that's needed is just to be forgiven of your sins, wait until the Lord comes, and go to heaven. But that is not what the Bible teaches. That is not the message that's in the Bible. But there is a building work that must go on, and it must go on in God's way with God's material. Well, let's come back to Paul's warning, uh, and just in case we need any more convincing that this is a warning aimed at us, the believers, after we read verse 12, talking about these two categories of building material. We come to verse 13 and 14 and 15, and these are inescapable in their implication, at least as they deal with us, God's believing ones. The work of each will become manifest, for the day will declare it. Because it is revealed by fire, and the fire itself will prove each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built upon the foundation remains, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is consumed, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Mm -hmm. 
So what we are building with is surely going to be tested one day, as we've been discussing. And we may suffer a loss at that time, but that may be our saving. Yes, that's right. We do need to realize that these materials with which we build must be something of God. Gold, silver, and precious stones. Let's go back to Witness Lee. It's hard to find something so good among the stubbles, but among the woods, some very nice wood, very good wood. Many dear ones are like good wood, pretty, nice, lovely. Maybe you are one like this. Yet, uh, I tell you, you are no good for the building of the church. For too many years, when I read verse 17, I understood in this way. To destroy the church is to persecute the church. Is to damage the church. I never understood to destroy the church in chapter 3 means to build the church with your natural being. When we bring our good nature, good being, good doing, into the church life, that is to ruin the church. And that is to corrupt the church. In the same way, if you exercise jealousy, that's also a kind of ruin. You ruin the church there. You mar the church. If you build the church with your natural being, which you're doing, you will be left. You will be kept in darkness. In darkness, that is a kind of punishment. Not only so, according to the context of this chapter, your word will be tested by fire, by the way of burning. If your word is of gold, silver, precious stone, of course, these all are fireproof materials. They all can stand the fire. Then how about wood? Grass, a stubble, no doubt. Once they touch fair, they got consumed, burned. The punishment of the Lord is first to keep you in darkness, and secondly, to get your work consumed. Francis, from time to time we touch this point in the life study. It is a topic that comes up because it's in so many of the writings of the New Testament and you have to deal with it. And that is that it's possible for believers, uh, not only possible, but likely in many cases that there will be a definite loss at the time of the Lord's return. But as we always try to do and need to do when we touch this matter, we are not talking about the loss of one's eternal salvation, are we? That's right. Now, it's very important to realize this distinction, that there is the salvation work, which was something done absolutely by Christ on the cross. We have no part in accomplishing that. We just receive that redemption. But we do have a part in the building up of the church. So we do have to take a responsibility for how we build and with what we build, as is brought out in this portion of the Word. And uh, along that line, as long as we've talked about it, of course, the God's saving work 
fully by grace, uh, fully apprehended or appreciated by us by faith. This is part of the silver, isn't it? This is the redeeming work of Christ, which is symbolized by the silver. But there's more materials here that are needed in the building up, isn't there? That's right. Not only do we need the silver, which is the redemption of Christ, but we need also the precious stones, which are the result of the transforming work of the Spirit. Through our whole lifetime, this transforming work is going on. So we need to realize that without this transforming work, we do not have any precious stones with which to build. I'd like to mention also that the gold here, of course, is God's nature. This is consistent through the Bible. Gold always indicates God's nature. So we need God's very life and nature to be the building material, and not our good nature, but God's nature. So instead of being good men, we need to be God men which is quite different than just being a good man. So for this, we need that, and also this work of redemption, as you mentioned a while ago, that's already been accomplished by Christ on the cross, and that cannot and will not be undone. That it was an eternal salvation, and anyone who has received Christ, as the silver indicates here, has material with which he could build. Whether or not he builds with it may make a big difference in what he will lose, but he will not lose his salvation, which is permanent and accomplished by Christ on the cross. Francis, uh, not to belabor this point because time is short and we do need to move on, but the Bible doesn't say specifically in what form this punishment, this loss of reward will come. We do have some terms like darkness being associated, separation from the Lord's presence, at least to some degree, seems to be implied at least for a period of time. And then this testing work of the fire, which, uh, of course, there are other passages that indicate this fire is part of the refining process that helps the transformation along, isn't it? Yes, the fire is really a judgment in the Bible for unbelievers for eternity and for even believers according to the work that they've done, whether it has built up or whether it has destroyed the building of God. And our natural being and our natural ways, our natural doings, can be just the thing that destroys the building work in its purity. That will be tested by fire. And I believe even in this time, this age, we can see this happening with people who try to build up the church and yet they're doing it with their natural doing, their natural being, and their natural uh, nature. So that will not build up the church. That will actually destroy the church. And so the Bible says, if they destroy the church, they will be destroyed. So I have seen cases, and I have been part of a case, where we built up something we purported to be building up the church, but actually it was something in the natural. It was something of wood hay or grass and stubble, and therefore it came to nothing. Francis, in this life study on 1 Corinthians, we have talked about before that the Corinthian believers primarily were well-educated. They were the upper class of the Greeks, highly refined and very much steeped in Greek philosophy, and they had a, a certain undeniable measure of human wisdom at least, and Paul consistently reduces them in that probably the tendency or the temptation to take some pride in this uh, kind of high thinking and this philosophical understanding. And we see that again in this coming verse that we want to touch in the last portion. Verse 18 says, let no one deceive himself. If anyone thinks that he is wise among you in this age, let him become foolish that he may become wise. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Do you know why 
Paul concluded this chapter with such a word. This is profound. Paul's concept is this. You Corinthian believers, you exercise your philosophy, your wisdom, your great culture too much. So, according to your wisdom, you have your preference. You have your choice. You say, among these, Paul, Cephas, Apollos, who is better? And you say, what kind of doctrine is better? What kind of practice is better? All according to your preference. And the preference comes from your wisdom, from your philosophical way. But I like to let you know, whether bad things, whether good things, whatsoever, are used by God to perfect you. They are yours. They are working for you. God uses everything to perfect us. So all things are for us, and we are for Christ. And Christ is for God. God uses everything to perfect us, that we may be the living body of Christ. And then Christ will be the very expression of God. So Christ is for God. All things are for us, and we are for Christ, and Christ is for God. And this means what? This means God is expressed through Christ, and Christ is expressed through us. And we are perfected through everything. So you don't need to complain anything. You don't need to prepare anything. You don't need to have any selection, any choice, any preference. You just be so foolish. Enjoying so many things God ordained for you. All things are yours. And you are Christ. And Christ is God. All things are for us. And we are for Christ. And Christ is for God. God is manifested through Christ. And Christ is expressed in us. And we are perfected by all things. Francis, we have to admit that uh, regardless of what our cultural origins are, all of us have this in common with the Greeks. We like uh, our preference, don't we? Oh, that's right. It really is a, a damaging thing, too, because that is something absolutely natural and of our fallen nature. We have preferences for teachings. We have preferences for people. We have preferences for leaders. We have preferences with doctrines. So our preferences are really a hindrance to the building up of the body of Christ. Can you say a little bit in the minute or so that we have left about this uh, phrase he came back to several times at the end, all things are yours, you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Oh, I'm happy to say something about that because this is so encouraging. We get so led astray by things that happen to us or that we suppose are happening to us, which actually are just the Lord giving an opportunity for us to turn to him and choose him and have the work of the Spirit operating in us. Everything that happens to us is ordered by the Lord. Now, by that, I don't mean that he uh, purposely makes us sick or anything like this, but all these circumstances that take place are designed by God to cause us to seek him, to want to be in his favor, and to want to build up what he wants to build up. 
So we need to realize that everything that Christ did was for God, and everything that God created was for man. Isn't that marvelous? Yeah. Everything he created was for man, for our existence, and for our coming to know him, to know God. So we do have all of these things working in our behalf to really perfect us for God's purpose. So we can say all things are for us, and we are for Christ, and Christ is for God. Amen. So we can't lose. Boy. If we just pay attention to him and we have this desire in our heart to be honest and faithful and open to him, he will operate all things for our transformation. been a wonderful week on life study uh, of the Bible with Witness Lee in this book of First Corinthians. I've enjoyed immensely these messages on chapter 3. Next week we're going to go into chapter 4. And really the theme somewhat continues, but we'll see from a little different light. We hope you'll join us for all of those programs. Francis, you've had a chance now to be with us on a number of these in First Corinthians. They're really marvelous, aren't they? I'd really like to be on some more. Well, we'll we can arrange that. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you again for always uh, your time occupying the chair here. I enjoy it very much. We would recommend to you, as we always do, the printed life study material that goes along with this program. If you'd like to find out about receiving these uh, printed volumes of these messages, Please contact us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. For Francis Paul, I'm Chris Wilde. Please join us next week, and thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.